Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of hyperpigmentation disorders found under the dermatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin by reviewing different hyperpigmentation disorders. A freckle is caused by a normal number of melanocytes, but increased melanin within the basal keratinocytes, and freckles darken with sun exposure. Lentigo is a pigmented macule caused by a melanocyte hyperplasia. It does not darken with sun exposure. A common mole is a benign tumor derived from melanocytes. A blue nevus is a form of a common mole, a benign tumor derived from melanocytes. The black and blue nodule is usually present at birth, and it is often mistaken for a melanoma. A spitz nevus is a form of a common mole, a benign tumor derived from melanocytes. It is a red-pink nodule. It is often seen in children, and it is often confused with a hemangioma. A dysplastic nevus is an atypical, irregularly pigmented lesion. It increases the risk of transformation into malignant melanoma. A dysplastic nevus syndrome is an autosomal dominant inherited disease. Melasma is a mask-like hyperpigmentation seen in pregnancy on the face. Sunlight will accentuate it, so patients should avoid sunlight. It can be treated with hydroquinone cream, and it usually fades postpartum. Azanthoma is a yellowish papule. It is often an accumulation of histiocytes. It can be idiopathic or associated with hyperlipidemia. It is called xanthelasma when it is on the eyelids. It can be treated by decreasing lipidemia, and surgical excision is typically needed. Acanthosis nigricans is a black, velvety plaque on the flexor surfaces. It is seen in obesity and endocrine disorders, particularly in insulin resistance. It can also mark underlying malignancy. Seborrheic keratosis is a black or brown benign plaque. It appears to be stuck on the skin. It is sometimes referred to as a quote-unquote coin lesion. It is commonly seen in the elderly. It tends to run in families. It can be mistaken for melanoma, and liquid nitrogen freezing is treatment if there are not too many. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to hyperpigmentation disorders, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old woman presents to clinic for a routine annual visit. Her past medical history is notable for type 2 diabetes mellitus and polycystic ovarian syndrome. Today, her BMI is 32. Temperature is 36.7 degrees Celsius or 98 degrees Fahrenheit. Blood pressure is 126 over 78. Pulse is 82 beats per minute. Respirations are 12 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 100% on room air. On exam, you know acanthosis nigricans at her bilateral axilla and around her neck. What other skin finding is associated with the underlying pathology? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Acne vulgaris Choice 2. Acrocordons Choice 3. Dermatitis herpetiformis Choice 4. Erythema nodosum Or Choice 5. Xanthomas The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Acrocordons This patient has acanthosis nigricans 
secondary to insulin resistance, a skin finding that is commonly associated with endocrine dysfunction in conditions such as diabetes mellitus, obesity, or polycystic ovarian syndrome. A commonly associated skin finding is an acrocordon, which are soft, benign, often pedunculated skin tags. Acanthosis nigricans manifest as brown or black velvety hyperpigmentation of the skin, typically arising in intertriginous areas of the body. It is caused by activation of growth factor protein receptors, most commonly insulin-mediated activation of insulin-like growth factor receptors in keratinocytes in the setting of hyperinsulinemia or insulin resistance. In certain cases, it is a perineoplastic sign of an adenocarcinoma, typically of the gastrointestinal tract. Acanthosis nigricans is also associated with acrocordons, which are benign common skin neoplasms and also referred to as skin tags, fibroepithelial polyps, or papillomas. Both diabetes mellitus and polycystic ovarian syndrome involve a state of hyperinsulinemia and or insulin resistance, and thus both conditions are also associated with acanthosis nigricans linked by a common underlying pathology. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Acne vulgaris is common in patients with polycystic ovarian syndrome due to an elevation in testosterone. It is not associated with insulin resistance, which is the underlying pathology of acanthosis nigricans and acrocordons. Choice 3. Dermatitis herpetiformis is a skin finding associated with celiac disease that manifests as pruritic papules, vesicles, and bullae, most commonly located at the elbows, knees, and buttocks. Choice 4. Erythema nodosum manifests as painful raised and erythematous inflammatory lesions of the subcutaneous fat, most commonly on the anterior shins, and it is associated with numerous conditions, such as inflammatory bowel disease, sarcoidosis, histoplasmosis, coccyoidomycosis, tuberculosis, streptococcal infections, and leprosy. Choice 5. Xanthomas are a skin finding associated with hyperlipidemia, which can sometimes be associated with metabolic syndrome and is a result of lipid accumulation in cells within the skin. Lesions typically appear as yellowish, waxy-appearing raised plaques. Finally, a bullet summary. Acanthosis nigricans and acrocordons are skin findings commonly associated with insulin resistance and obesity, especially in younger patients, while acanthosis nigricans in older patients may also be a perineoplastic sign of gastrointestinal adenocarcinoma or other visceral malignancy. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 32-year-old obese man visits your dermatology clinic after his barber saw a darkened area on the back of his neck. He has not seen his primary care physician in many years and does not know if he has diabetes. A rapid blood glucose test shows a normal glucose level. Otherwise, he reports recent loss of appetite with slight weight loss. What could be causing this patient's newly discovered dermatologic change? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Hypothyroidism. Choice 2. Gastric adenocarcinoma. Choice 3. Diabetes insipidus. Choice 4. Diabetes mellitus. Or choice 5. Barrett's esophagus. The best answer to this question is choice 2. 
gastric adenocarcinoma, a non-diabetic patient presenting with acanthosis nigricans along with gastric complaints and weight loss is most likely suffering from gastric adenocarcinoma. Although his obesity is a possible cause of the hyperpigmentation, the recent discovery on his neck, along with acute onset of anorexia, points toward an underlying malignant process. Acanthosis nigricans is more frequently associated with diabetes, hyperthyroidism, and Cushing syndrome. It is benign in nature and is often described as velvety thickening of the neck or axillary skin. The publication by Stolberg et al. summarizes some of the most common skin hyperpigmentation disorders. As stated earlier, acanthosis nigricans is most often due to diseases causing hyperinsulinemia, but it is also seen in gastrointestinal tumors. Although benign, precautions must be taken if the hyperpigmentation is hard to differentiate from characteristics of melanoma. The publication by Lee et al. reports on a case in which an acryl type acanthosis nigricans is found in a patient with gastric adenocarcinoma. Acanthosis nigricans in gastric adenocarcinoma is most commonly reported in the flexural areas and very rarely in the acryl areas of the body. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Hyperthyroidism sometimes results in acanthosis nigricans. However, hypothyroidism would be much more likely in the obese patient. Choice 3. Acanthosis nigricans is seen in diabetes mellitus, not insipidus. Choice 4. Although often seen in diabetics, this diagnosis has been ruled out in the patient described. Choice 5. Barrett's esophagus is an abnormal change in the distal esophageal squamous cells into columnar cells. It is due to chronic reflux-related acid exposure. That's all for this review about hyperpigmentation disorders. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.